Welcome to Stuck in Misery. My name is Mark Bergen, the host and executive producer of the show. On today's episode of Stuck in Misery Classics, we have a special Father's Day edition. Now, this first clip is a tribute to my dad, Paul Bergen. He came to visit me at the University of Missouri in January 2015. The reason? Well, to see his son, but also he came to see the undefeated Kentucky Wildcats basketball team take on the lowly Missouri Tigers. This was a loaded Kentucky team, a team that finished 38-1 after Wisconsin beat them in the Final Four, a team loaded with NBA talent. You had Carl Anthony Towns, Willie Cauley-Stein, the Harrison Twins, Trey Lyles, Devin Booker, Tyler Eulis. Some of those guys came off the bench. Meanwhile, Missouri was in its first season with head coach Kim Anderson. The problem with Kim Anderson? Well, we didn't know it at the time, but in three seasons as Missouri's head coach, he failed to win a single road game. The Tigers weren't very good. So my dad and I on the show compared what would be more likely than the Tigers upsetting the Kentucky Wildcats, and this is what it sounded like. Any trip down to Como is always a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, a chance to see uh, the University of Kentucky for 31 bucks a ticket, kind of hard to kind of hard to pass on that. Absolutely, but considering that the last time that these two teams played, Kentucky won by 49. 49. And so again, our question of the day, it's not really a question, more of a fill in the blank. Things that are, name anything. It, it could be landing a man on the moon. You can go in any direction with this, but things more likely to happen than Missouri beating Kentucky tonight. If you'd like to weigh in, our number is 573-882-8262. Again, that is 573-882-8262. And if you're stuck in class, you can also text us using that same phone number courtesy of the ZipWhip technology here in the KCOU studios. Missouri, 7-12 and 12 tonight, only one victory in SEC play, and that's through six games. Tip-off tonight at 8 o'clock at Mizzou Arena. It will telecast on ESPN. You can catch the game here on KCLU 88.1 FM. But, Dad, I'll, I'll turn this over. I mean, Missouri's really struggling. They've lost five in a row. How improbable would it be for Missouri even to stay in this game, let alone to win it? Well, I wanted to say that 49-point uh, loss, uh, the game really wasn't as close as that score might indicate. Uh, just kidding. Uh, let's see. I guess I'll lead off with what might be more improbable. Uh, two things came to mind when you mentioned this to me. Uh, first of all, Johnny Manziel will give up partying. <laughs> and the second thing is our next president in 2016 will be Ron Paul. <laughs> When I was uh, when I was filling out the notes for today's show, uh, the first thing on my list was that Obama would run for a third presidential term, and you would have to change, you'd have to amend the Constitution to do that. And so it's just like you, you would, I would figure a, a crater, a meteor from outer space would would crash, it, it crash down onto Earth. Like it is just, I don't think there's any chance. And and part of that is just Missouri is so young. When you have freshmen accounting for nearly 40% of the team's minutes played through 19 games, and if you include sophomores in on that, two-thirds of the Tigers' minutes this season have been played by underclassmen. And it's hard to sustain success when 
Missouri is in no way like Kentucky, a team that has nine McDonald's All-Americans on their on their roster this season. Well, Incredible. Go ahead. Well, I hope he meant what he said, but I saw uh, Coach Anderson on TV uh, this morning, and he said his team is really up for the challenge. They know what they're up against, and it's like it's it's an opportunity to uh, – you know, kind of see what you're made of. Uh, but I, if they can really maintain that attitude and just give it their best shot, that's that's really all anybody can ask for. And the thing, too, is Kentucky's just so tall. They're the tallest average height for a starting lineup in college basketball. And I read somewhere, and don't quote me on this, but if Kentucky's players were to play in the NBA, they would be the second tallest, tallest starting lineup behind the Portland Trailblazers. Now, now I'd have to double-check that, but... Their, their talent is just remarkable. Trying to go 20-0 and 0 for the first time under head coach John Calipari. We're talking about a team that could go down as one of the greatest in college basketball history. And maybe as amazing as their height is their depth, I can't recall any major college team that can basically run out two units of players and basically regard them as almost uh, equal. It, it's just phenomenal. And to see that talent, it's really going to be something to see. I have a question for you, Mark. You don't have to answer right away, but I think we talked about this a couple of days ago. Uh, is this team better than the Davis team, the Unibrow team from a couple of years ago? It, it, it's hard to say that at this point because that team also won a national championship. And so w- with Davis's team, you have the perspective of time, but it was also a team that had a, a tremendous amount of NBA talent. Um, Marquise Teague, who's a flame out with the Chicago Bulls, but... Um, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting they, they had a, a forward off the top of my head. I can't think of, but it, it's hard to tell at this point, but if they're able to win tonight and I expect Kentucky to, to win convincingly as well, I expect most people probably think that way too, but it'd be the first time Calipari started out 20, and zero ever for any team he's coached, whether that's when he was uh, at Memphis or, uh, previous at his, his previous stop. And again, I'm blanking uh, on Massachusetts, when he coached Massachusetts as well, a team that he coached to the Final Four. So you have the perspective of time, but as far as talent, and and Dad, I think you put it best in that this team, the way that they share the ball, there's not really one player that you need to stop with. With Davis, he was clearly the guy on that team who, who made all the difference in the world. And he didn't play that great, at least from an offensive standpoint, in the championship game against Kansas. But his his impact upon the game defensively in rebounding, you could see, and he was the player who made the definite impact. With this current team, they just have so much talent across the board. It's it's unbelievable. Um, as my mom's holding up here in the studio, uh, Anthony Davis is actually going to go an MRI for a groin injury right now in, in the NBA. But, I, Dad, to answer your question, like, in a succinct way, you have the perspective of time with the 2012 team Whereas with this current team, there's still so much, so much regular season basketball left to play. And so, I, I don't know, time will tell. Time will answer that question, certainly. But again, if you'd like to weigh in on the Mizzou Tigers on Super Bowl Sunday, again, our number is 573-882-8262. Again, 573-882-8262. Kentucky is 7-0 and all time against Missouri in basketball as well. We'll see if that keeps going, but... Again, our question of the day, and you can weigh in in a number of ways, things more likely than Missouri upsetting Kentucky, the number one team in the country tonight. And 
one of two teams in college basketball still undefeated, Virginia being the other team. And this was something I addressed on the show last week is Virginia has a really tough stretch coming up here at the end of January and the start of February as well. They'll have three ranked opponents in a row and as tough a three-game stretch as any team in the country, I think you could argue because they'll take on Duke at home and then they'll travel to North Carolina and then following their trip to North Carolina, they host Louisville at home. So three just really tough games in a row. I would be surprised if Virginia during that three-game stretch remains undefeated and Duke just lost to Notre Dame last night as well. And I know that Duke got their the 1,000th career victory for Coach Mike Krzyzewski. But it's going to be a really tough stretch for Virginia. And, hey, if they're, if they're still able to, to be undefeated after that three-game stretch, I think they have a convincing argument to be the number one team in the country given that Kentucky doesn't really play that tough of a schedule considering that they play in the SEC. And so... That's a debate that could be had depending on what happens this weekend in college basketball when Virginia takes on Duke and, again, following that game, traveling to North Carolina and then back at home against Louisville. Just a brutal three-game three stretch for the Virginia Cavaliers. But, again, tonight's game, it'll, it'll telecast on ESPN. Tip-off again is at 8 p.m. And Coach Anderson said it. Prior to the game, Missouri's going to have to play a nearly perfect game to even have a chance. And hopefully, hopefully Missouri will have somewhat of a home court advantage. And they haven't had a sellout yet this season, but you know, you never know. That's why they play the games. And again, however unlikely it is, we'll see. But a few other things before we go to break. Six of Missouri's top eight scorers are also underclassmen. And the only exceptions to that are Keith Schamberger, a starting guard for Missouri, who's a a redshirt senior, a transfer, and Keanu Post, who is also a senior. And neither is a double-digit scorer either for Missouri. And it's just going to be really tough, especially because Missouri really struggles, really, really struggles to score the ball. But, man, it it could could get ugly early, and (laughs) hopefully that isn't the case. But I, I, I certainly don't have... Very high expectations. I do expect it to be closer than 49, though. Would you not agree? Let's hope so. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> I mean, that that's why you traveled all the way down here. And we're happy you're here in studios. Again, I'm joined by both both my parents here in the KCOU studios here on Stuck in Misery on KCOU 88.1 FM. Thanks for having us, Mark. One of the best parts about Stuck in Misery was the interaction we would get from callers. A lot of times it was just friends of ours from school. Sometimes it would be random strangers. Other times it would be our friends' parents. Yeah, you heard that right. So we had a fraternity brother named Ben Walker. And if not every week, every other week, Ben Walker's dad, or at least someone claiming to be, would call into our show babbling on and on and on about one thing or another. Now, Ben was from St. Louis, and at the time, the Rams were still playing in St. Louis before the team made its move to Los Angeles. And so before the 2014 campaign even got underway, Rams quarterback Sam Bradford went down with an injury and would miss the entire season. And for whatever reason, Ben Walker's dad was optimistic as ever about the Rams' chances with the 34-year-old backup quarterback who hadn't made a start in several years. This is what that crazy call sounded like. 
We're doing great on this Labor Day holiday. We. We. Who, who, who's we? Who's, who's we? So my son and I are driving back from the lake, and uh, we had to call in to uh, discuss the Rams getting uh, a benefit out of not having Sam Bradford in the lineup anymore. Oh, really? A benefit. Where's that benefit? Please explain. I want to hear this. Well, now the Rams actually get to use the talent they have on their team and build around them instead of building around a Sam Bradford that could never complete a season. Um, so just out of curiosity, could I Sean Hill? Could I hear some of this other talent on the Rams' offense that you might be speaking of? Because I'm well, pretty they blank. Got, they got Stacy. They got Tavon Austin, Billy Cunningham. And so at least maybe now they'll average more than 10 yards of offense a game. Right. Okay. But, um, so just to clear things up for your quarterback situation, um, how do you feel about Sean Hill, a quarterback who hasn't started since a game since 2010 and is 34 years old, being the leading pass or the, you're, you're leading your starting quarterback, quarterback on offense? Well, that's kind of the Brett Favre, Peyton Manning theory going on. <laughs> and uh, those guys are so old, they could never win anything either, could they? But, but okay, here's the thing. Here's the difference. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, before I, I like the confidence. I, by the way, as the, as the sole Rams fan in the room, I got to say I'm rooting you on. Okay, before, before we continue with uh, comparing Sean Hill to Peyton Manning and Brett Favre, you do realize that Peyton Manning had a good long career with the Indianapolis Colts and receiver Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, a great one of the best offenses in NFL history before he went to the Broncos and continued the success, correct? Oh, correct. And nobody wanted him at the Broncos. He was too old. He had a neck injury. He sat out. The Broncos don't have anybody. And now they're all that. Right. But how okay. Does that, what about Sean Hill? Yeah. The thing is, though, Sean Hill, he hasn't started a game since 2010. Peyton like, Manning, best case scenario for Sean Hill has got to be like Josh McCown. What Josh McCown did last season that, for, for the Bears. That's yeah. got to be the best case scenario. And the Bears didn't even make the playoffs. Maybe. When was the last time the Rams made the playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> we can only go up from here. I don't know why you guys are so scared. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're going to do bad. I, I, my strategy, if I was the Rams recruiting staff, I would be going around to every grocery store in St. Louis, every Schnooks, finding the fastest grocery bagger so we can get our next Kurt Warner back out on the field. Yep. Well, that and maybe you can find somebody else that can catch at the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You were saying Tavon Austin, though. I thought you said you wanted to use around your offense. You got... You know, people. I thought you already had talent on your team. You're going back on your word now, Ryan. Come on. Hey, there's always room to get a bigger, faster, stronger dude. We just got to get rid of Sam Bradford's cap. All right, we appreciate the I call, like Ryan. Uh, thank you for calling in. I like the, the input. <laughs> thank you, you very much. I had a great yeah. time. And I, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think about him after we hang up. I want to hear uh, the positives and negatives of Sean Hill since he hasn't played in so long. There's not a whole lot of film about him, so. His only negative is uh, his age. So uh, why don't you guys tell me what you think, and I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Well, All right. We appreciate the call. Oh, man. Thank you that for calling That was a great in. call. Yeah, absolutely. That was a great call. I mean, Compared Sean Hill and Peyton Manning in the same sentence. Well, since you're still listening, Ryan, was despite, it Tom Brady, too? Uh, Peyton Manning. All um, the old quarter. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Sorry, sorry. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Um, since you are you know, still listening, and thank you for doing so and you know, following up on that call, Peyton Manning 
was a great player before he came to the Broncos. Despite anybody who said they didn't want him or anything, he had already proven that he can play in this league and not only proven that, and, you know, Sean Hill hasn't proven that he is cannot, completely can't play, but Sean Hill's best season comes off a season he threw 16 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Peyton Manning had seasons, it was 50-plus touchdowns, I believe. And it, those are two the record. He has the record. Is the record for a single-season record. He had the record. For for passing touchdowns. He had the record before he he did that. No, it was, was, yes. Well, he has 55 touchdowns the 2013 season with the Broncos. That's different. But he had, in 2004, he had 49 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. And let's go back to Sean Hill's best season was 16 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Sean Hill's best season when he was still playing quarterback for Maryland, man. Like, come on. Now... Peyton Manning didn't play for a year before he 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 had his his season in no, 2012. No, Sean, Sean Hill's best season, the 16, 16 touchdown pass, twelve interception. Louis, he was three and seven that season. I know, as a starter, yeah, three he, and seven. I'm, I was just speaking solely for him, but he also had the Lions. This is a Lions team we're talking about compared to an Indianapolis he was Colts five team. and three one year for uh, the 49ers in in two thousand eight. Thank you for tuning in to Stuck in Misery Classics. We just got added to Apple Podcasts and to Spotify, so please rate, review, and subscribe to Stuck in Misery, however you listen to your shows. Just want to wish all the fathers out there a happy Father's Day. Dad, happy Father's Day to you and to my brother Scott, celebrating Father's Day for the very first time, wishing you all the best today, too. Going to go ahead and sign off here. Thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Mark Bergen, and please rate, review, and subscribe to Stuck in Misery. Take care, and so long, everyone.